Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered, the podcast with Ken Campbell. I am the sidekick Dylan Waugh. I am the Bob Weir to Ken's Jerry Garcia, mostly because I'm louder and more obnoxious and people don't like me as much. But this week we're going to be talking about the St. Louis Blues, the UHL, Brad Marchand, and the Hughes Brothers. So stick around, it's going to be a good podcast. And you're probably listening to us on KenCampbell.substack.com. <laughs> I'm also bad at slide guitar. And, okay. And Bob Weir was bad at slide guitar. He was, eh? Yeah. I feel like you go to the Grateful Dead references just to go to, you go to that well a little too much. Have I gone to that well before? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. I feel like if you're going to throw around these wild accusations, yeah, you should have your facts straight. Okay. Maybe have listened to one of our <laughs> podcasts even once. <laughs> Like Pee Wee Herman said in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I don't have to watch it. I lived it. I, I, I've never seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure. You're missing out, buddy. Yeah. I thought about saying uh, <laughs> n- newly anointed uh, hot chocolate drinker, Ken Campbell. No, I've always been a hot chocolate drinker, but we now do the podcast earlier. Right. So I, I, I lay off the Diet Coke until a little later in the day. So I have a hot chocolate. You lay off the Diet Coke go, until a little bit later I in the go, day? I go, I go to Tim Hortons. It's 10.30 somewhere. I go to Tim Hortons. I stand in line for 20 minutes. Yep. And I get a lineup my, of one. And I get my dark roast large for my buddy Dylan. Yeah, thank get, you. And I get myself a hot chocolate. And all is good in the world. Your, you buddy, to, your buddy Dylan appreciates it. You have to ask me how I'm doing. How are you doing? If I were doing any better, I'd be playing against the San Jose Sharks. Got him. <laughs> One thing that I felt that the world was lacking was more cheap shots against the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, David Quinn, okay. because they all go David, in. <laughs> David Boom. Quinn. David Quinn. Okay, guys, let's try to keep it to single digits tonight, okay? <laughs> okay, come on, guys. Come on, guys. I know you can do it. <clears throat> Jeez, you'd think we had Martin Jones back. <laughs> Another cheap shot for no reason. For no reason. Yeah, Zero I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, I've always been a big proponent of uh, there is no team so dunked on that you can't dunk on them again. Wow, and this team could be historically dunk onable. Honestly, this is the thing, though. I'm sorry, but with the rules around the lottery, we keep on outdoing ourselves in terms of tanking. And it's and and I've, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I I'm having enough of it. Yeah, but I I don't know if I don't know if it's a if it's a deliberate like there is a deliberate aspect to it. But Luke Richardson, so much as came out and said, it felt weird to win games last year. I'm paraphrasing a yeah, little bit. Yeah, but because um, what a shock! I don't remember the exact. But quote. this is spo- this is supposed to this is supposed to discourage tanking. The, the, this whole the fact that you're guaranteed a top two pick if you finish last. No, the fact that there's three tiers to the to the to the to the um, to the lottery, and that there is a lottery, and that you don't you're not guaranteed the last pick, or sorry, the first pick. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, but you're guaranteed a top two pick. Yeah, that's a yeah. that's a pretty tepid discouragement of tanking. It's like you're not guaranteed <clears throat> the best pick. It might be second best, but it's so probably it, it be might best. not be Macklin Celebrini, but it might be Cole Iserman, or it might not be Cole Iserman, but it might be Macklin Celebrini, right? <clears throat> or it, it just—I don't know—pick your year, yeah, right, okay. Or it might not be Connor McDavid, but it might be Jack Eichel, who will eventually leave you. 
I don't know. And do very well. And do extremely elsewhere. well. Immediately win a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do not always play in playoffs, but when I do, I'm really, I usually I'm win really Stanley good. Cups. And I and I should win Conn Smythe trophies, but I don't. That was a tough Conn Smythe race, though. No, it wasn't. Anyways, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. He drove play. He was the heart of the team. He was, he was the reason why they won. He should have won it. Anyways, whatever. Hey, quick, quick question. Sure. Well, it's more like a statement question because I learned something recently. Okay. I don't think guys join book clubs, do they? Uh, I think that book clubs are are considered a way for women to get away from their husbands, like yeah. traditionally. Yeah, okay. So part of this new journey that I'm embarking on of self, of semi-retirement. Yes. I went and got a library card, right? Okay. And so I wheel into the library. Rob Ford didn't or close all Ro- those? Or as... Or, well, let's let's not speak ill of the dead. Doug Ford. Or as Doug Ford would call it, the library. <laughs> I wheel into the library. Yeah. And I get my card. And I see this thing. There's a book club. I was like, hey, should, I should, should try this book club You should out. join a book club. So I said, hey, can I join the book club? And they said, yeah, absolutely. So here's the book. It's called The Red Tent. Uh, okay. It's about... It's it's a biblical story about uh, one of the daughters of Jacob, Dinah, and she was Joseph's cousin, and and all this other stuff. But it's very, very. Is Fabio on the it's, cover of it? It's, fe- it's feminine. It's feminine directed. Right. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, Are you saying that you don't love heaving breasts? No, no, because... I'm, no I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying that I uh, I got to go to the book club tomorrow and talk about this book. So I'm I'm really like I'm really really intrigued to see what comes of all of this because this book is not directed towards men. I so firstly I love that and I would pay any amount of money to hear you discuss a biblical romance novel in front of a bunch. It's of not middle-aged. a romance. It's not a romance novel, but it, it's just it's actually a, it's actually uh, the tale the story is impeccably told. Right. It's it's really good. I'm actually enjoying the book. Yeah. But I'm just like, wow, there's a lot of midwifery and menstruation and lots of other stuff that I don't necessarily relate to, but Sure. Anyways. Yeah. I uh as you know, I'm in community college. Yes. And my general education course, my elective is sociology through the lens of video games. Now well, that's a course, eh? It is. Yeah. <laughs> now video games have been a heavily male dominated thing for a long, long time. Yeah, that's not that's not the case as much, right? Uh, there's three women in my class. Okay. Of thirty. Okay. Right? Anyways, and on the day that none of them showed up, uh, was the day that we were discussing feminine feminism in video games. Wow. So it felt a little tone deaf. Right. I'm just gonna say <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, so anyways, let's move on. Well, let's start let's start with some some personal Dylan stuff. Everybody okay? loves personal Dylan in, stuff. In in addition to Dylan, you know, being as svelte as he's ever been, continues to get svelter by the week, down to 190. And um and and in addition to him enhancing his already very high skill set, by going back to school, 
Dylan is now a semi-professional hockey player for something called the Niagara <laughs> or Niagara Falls Buffaloes of something called the Union Hockey League. Yeah. You signed a contract. I signed guy. a contract. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. I'm so excited. I will be at your first home start, I promise. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For, I'm not missing that. That's amazing. Yeah, I saw the other teams in the league. I'm not going to any of those places. I'm not going to Poughkeepsie. I'm not going to whatever, Malamute or I don't know, whatever. There's a lot of teams in that league. There's a lot of teams in that yeah, league. Yeah, and a lot of lot of places I probably won't ever go. But I will go to Buffalo to watch you play. I will go and I will chronicle that. You'll chronicle it. it will, will it be, be written about in kencampbell.substack.com? It, it, it will be. It will be. Let me tell you, the hockey was unbearable. It was the first time that I was happy that there was fighting. <laughs> See, I just gave you your first that's not, line. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not, eh? it's not bad. Yeah. So, anyways, congratulations, Dylan. Thank Look at you. you. Look, Look at, at me. you playing semi-pro hockey. Yeah. In a league that nobody's ever heard of and is just starting, and we have no idea how good it is. But you're playing semi-pro hockey. It started this year, and uh, it it's it's about on par with our with our senior AAA. Yeah. Here. Okay. Well, that's yeah. that's that's such an that's an achievement. Yeah. They call it elite senior A hockey. I looked at their website last night. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. On their on their Instagram, it says semi pro senior. Yeah. It got, they kind of they they switch yeah. it all up. But so, how did it feel putting like pen to paper and signing that contract? Well, it was interesting because we were at an arena that had a tournament going on, so we were yeah. like, you know, surrounded by like giant pretzels. Okay. And stuff. And, uh, and I just thought, and it was just hustle and bustle, right? You know, teams were from all over at this tournament. And I just thought this is actually just like so perfect. It's just like such a stupid gong show. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just like, if you're going to sign like a semi-professional contract in a league that's existed for like two months, this is the way to do it. Exactly. In the middle of a food court at a, at a rundown bustling arena outside of Buffalo. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was it was nice. I I liked it, and and it seems to be a, a pretty good group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a it is actually, I don't know that it's defined as co-ed, but there are no gender rules with it. Okay, and so we have a defenseman and a goaltender on the team that are both women. Wow, I have defenseman too. Yeah, defender. I I just <laughs> and as well, they, you said, in, defenseman. In women's I hockey, that, they call defenseman defenseman. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so anyways, a and defender. They, and they yell man on. A, de- a defender and a goaltender. Yeah. That are women. That's yeah. cool. And so, and they seem really good. I looked up the goalie's playing career. Pretty illustrious. I yeah. got to say, like uh, Division One in Sweden for women's hockey. Okay. Uh, NCAA Div 1, obviously. Yep. Um, and she currently coaches for, uh, is an assistant coach for an NCAA Division One team. Nice. So pretty, uh, pretty illustrious career, and I gotta say, she's pretty good too. Yeah, <laughs> probably way better than you. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they, when they they, sh- they 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 actually signed you because um, they ran out of shooter tutors at this at the store, so they couldn't buy one of those. So they said, let's just sign this guy. So they didn't actually. That was Ken's attempt at a joke, but yep. I'm going to use it as a segue and a teachable okay. moment. What they did run out of at the store, and this is a follow up to our to our discussion last week. Was neck guards. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you like that segue? Yeah. yeah bet yeah. you thought you were being funny, huh? I yeah. was being funny. No. I'm always funny. No. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I 
funny looking. <laughs> God. Oh, him. am I right? <laughs> okay, so so they ran out of neck yeah, guards. Yeah, and half of the half of the team was in neck guards, and the other half was asking them where they got their neck guards. Right. And one of the guys got him from the got it from the pro shop, and they're like, "Wow, every hockey store I've been to has been out of neck guards." And so, wow. uh, so companies are selling out of neck guards, and uh, and I, anyways, I just think that that's good. I think that that's interesting that in senior A hockey, where mm-hmm. um, you get a certain amount of the equipment given to you, like helmets and gloves and skate shells and and jerseys, obviously stuff like that, right? Sweaters. Oh boy, I'm really sorry. Yep. I, I I came back last night. They're sweaters, not jerseys. No, I came back last night to and and I said to Tanya, I, and I used the term Z instead of Z. Hmm. She's like, "You've been in the states for one hour." Yeah, exactly. I'm Why don't you go to the locker room and check out the box score? <laughs> so, anyways, uh, it's a dressing room in a summary. No, I I know yeah, okay. I know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you're maybe you're going to be worried that your your forwards are going to go offsides. That's, I didn't, that's I, the one that drives me out of my mind. Really? How can you say offsides? Huh. I never I never picked up on that one before. You didn't? No, but I was being made fun of for saying bud too much. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and, and so the guys in the locker room. So, so I've, I've actually got a dad joke. First of all, most of our audience is American. Oh, boy. It is? Yeah. From what, last I checked the geolocations what, and stuff six, like that. Six, four? Six, four American? Yeah, six, four. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I, so I got to try carefully here, but uh, I've been, I'm saving this one for when I get chirped particularly badly uh, because I, I did get a, hey, Canada, watch your language last night. Yeah. And uh, so I'm saving this one and it's there. It's in the hopper, which is, uh, yeah, well, if USA was so good, then USB wouldn't have had to be invented. Yeah, wait a wait a long time before that one, okay? Wait a long, long, <laughs> long time. Casually take out my contract and rip it yeah, in front yeah. of my face. I'll throw myself out. That's what you should say after that. I'll, I'll throw see my- myself out. No, I'll throw myself out. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, anyways, back to the back to the subject at hand, which was throat guards. Throat guards, yeah. Yeah, and neck protectors. Yeah. Uh, I I'm surprised to hear that because I before my pickup hockey game. Last yep. Wednesday, yeah, I went wheeled down to my uh, local sporting goods store, play it against sports at the corner of Vic Victoria Park. Park Avenue and Gerard, yeah, in Toronto, yeah, um, more where Blantyre dead ends, but you know whatever. Yeah, can, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the people, and it's Scarborough, the people in the US, people in the US will be really, yeah, they're they'll, really, they'll be able to relate to that. Yeah. Anyway, so I got you I, have I went, a park named after a queen. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We're suckers. Um, so I went down there and there were a bunch of them. I bought one, 15 bucks. Yeah. Left, put it on, noticed it when I put it on, played the rest of the game, didn't notice it at all. Right. That's that, that, that baby's staying. Yeah. And I scored another goal. There and you go. And I was really good. Was it? Again. And we won again. Are you just firing all piss missiles with that stick that I gave you? I am. Yeah. I am. That's I'm, good. I'm 4-0 in pickup hockey this year. And, so, and and I've got, I think I got like five goals. I, I'm I'm ridiculous this year. Like I am insanely good this year. And that's going down in flex. I'm 60 years old. I'm 60 years old and I'm getting better. <laughs> like it's, it's, a Benji- to, it's kind of a Benjamin Button thing, I think. It's time to turn semi-pro and go try out in the <laughs> UHLs, uh, Ken. <laughs> That's what I did at 33, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, anyways, 
Um, yeah, that's that's staying on. No question about it. And I was really, really like, it wasn't a difficult decision for me. Like, it was like, what am I doing? Yeah, you I know? think that what a lot of doing? the neck guards, uh, a lot of the neck guards are still um, uh, padded and all the rest of it, right? And I think that as they go more, as they, because neck guards have really only been designed for children yeah. up to this point. I, and, then they I, just kind I, of, and that's the one that I got. I just got the collar one that you put Velcro in the back and... yeah. It was fine. I didn't even, like, I didn't even notice it. But they can make that even more unnoticeable, I guess, sure is they my can. point. Yeah. Right? And yeah. and so I think that um, I think that we're going to see that technology improve because really, other than the, the physical material that they use, the, the cut-resistant material, the actual look of a neck guard is pretty much the same as when I was a kid. Yeah. Right? It's not the greatest look. Like, it's not the greatest look. Yeah. But it it's, looks a lot better than having a huge scar on your neck. Yeah. I mean, you're not, you're not wrong or being dead. Yeah. 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 You look a lot more yeah. lifelike <laughs> with yeah, the neck yeah, guard yeah, on yeah, than in yeah. a casket. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So, I, I should, I, I don't mean to make light of obviously the situation, but I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it, yeah. you know, anyways. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, it, I think, um, it is, it, it is interesting. Uh, I think that in Canada, we have a tendency to be a little bit too traditional about hockey. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, but I'm just saying, like, I you always hear Canadians complain about, like, Arizona, for <clears throat> example, right? Yeah. And I think we have a tendency to be too traditional about hockey, not accept new ideas into hockey, not accept non-hockey markets into hockey, all the rest of it, right? We gatekeep it, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And so I did think that it was interesting to see, because bear in mind, I got cut from a senior AAA team uh, the day that I got signed by this team. <laughs> so, oh, wow, okay. So I went from skating with one team to just... Boom, skating with well, another okay. team, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, now that team hadn't signed me and hadn't made me any promises, so I shouldn't, you know. But anyways, but my point is, is that I didn't see anybody wearing a neck guard at at the Canadian team, and then I crossed the border, and then it's just and, and everybody's wearing it. Okay. Adoption, yeah, okay. So you know, just take that for what it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to like a, a topic that people care about? I think people care about that topic, but yeah. Yeah. Well, people yes, care we about. Well, the topic was me, so then yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Lots of people care about it. I've got like my mom. Yep. My wife. <laughs> not my daughter, because kids are just little narcissists, aren't they? Yeah, they're 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 a holes. Kids are a holes. Let's talk about let's let's start with something. <laughs> let's start with something a little fun. What? Let's start with the Hughes brothers. <clears throat> okay. Is there anything more fun in hockey than the Hughes brothers right now? Well, it'd be a lot more fun if Jack well, Hughes yeah. wasn't hurt. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, now people are, are coming up with the hot takes that Jack Hughes will win the Hart Trophy. Quinn Hughes will win the Norris Trophy and Luke Hughes will win the Calder Trophy. <laughs> that And uh, Jim Hughes will win the Adams Trophy and Ellen Hughes will win the Lady Bing Trophy. Sure. And, and their dog will win the, the Vezina <laughs> Or something. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Way to just absolutely dump on goaltending for no reason. I there. just that a little was bit just of a that low blow there. Ken. Okay, so their dog will win the King Clancy Humanitarian Award. If any animal should win it, it would be a dog. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> I heard a stand-up comic that said uh, dogs are man's best friend, and and somebody said, "Well, what about your wife?" And I said, "I'll tell you what." You lock your dog up and your wife up in the trunk of a car for two hours, and which one's happy to see you at the end? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. That's not bad. (laughs) Um, 
No, the, it's 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 been wild. Um, Quinn Hughes, uh, the 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 one story that I heard from a, a media person in Montreal about Quinn Hughes was that when Montreal had the chance of drafting Quinn Hughes, they said, "No thanks. We already have a small defenseman in Victor Mete. We don't need a second small defenseman on the team." That didn't age well. It did not age well. Quinn Hughes, on the other hand, seems to be aging quite well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's one, um, of, he's one of the best players in the NHL. Yeah. He really is. He really is. Well, so, okay. And, and, and now the whole narrative of him not being good enough defensively is just completely and utterly tossed out the window. Well, so here's another narrative, though, that, that's interesting that's kind of resurfacing. Or I think it, if it hasn't resurfaced, it should be resurfacing. Which is, when Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr entered the league, mm-hmm. it was like, these are two absolute stud dynamos. And Miro Heiskanen at the same time, too. That's true, actually. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah the was, three was, of them, it was like, they, these guys are going to be, you know, in seven years, it's going to be, the Norris Trophy is going to be having these guys' names all over it. And so it, last year, and, and really the last two years, it's been the Kale McCarr show. Yep. Right? Yep. Miro Heiskanen has been very, very good. Oh, I think he's been outstanding. Yeah. I think he's been outstanding. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to, but yeah. it's been the Kale McCarr show, and Quinn Hughes has kind of gotten lost in that conversation. Right, right. Is that now a conversation worth ha- having again? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. think I think you know. I mean, I think if you had any one of those guys, you'd be really happy. You yeah. know, um, but but I, I I mean, Quinn Hughes is like, I mean, what what doesn't he do? He drives play. He quarterbacks the power play. He gets the puck out of the zone. He defends. Yeah, he's doing everything. Yeah, and. And he's doing it for a team that wasn't supposed to be good and has turned out to actually be pretty good. So that was that was where I was going to jump at it with, which is that if you look at defenseman scoring... Like he's, like, Hughes, he's like 100 miles ahead of everybody else, right? Well, no, he's got 16 points. Second place is Shea, is Shea Theodore with 12. Okay, okay. So it's a healthy lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then third place has like five guys tied with 11th, right? Yeah. But the thing that jumps out at me with the race... Is Shea Theodore, Vegas Golden Knights, 12, 12 points. Great team. Yeah. Right? Next is Victor Hedman. Right. Who's one of the guys tied at 11th. Uh, for, decent, for 11. For pretty good team. Good team. Adam Fox is there. Yeah. Good team. Hurt, too. Hurt. He's on, he's on LTIR, I think, even. Which sucks. Did they move him to LTIR? I, b- I believe they did. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyways, and then here's now... And, and uh, by the way, Kale McCarr is also in that tied for 11th. Same with Moritz Sider. Uh, but here's, here's what jumps out at me. Um, tied in that second or third place spot is Philip Hronick. Well, yeah. And, and that's that. And I think that's a big factor here too. I mean, people are now talking about like, imagine if you had come out in, in like early October and said, yeah, um, in a month from now, people are going to be saying that Quinn Hughes and Philip Hronick are the best defense tandem in the NHL. If, uh, like if, you would have, you would have just been laughed off the universe. Yeah, you I know, mean, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And now that's what people are saying. These yeah. two guys are the best defense pairing in the NHL. They're fabulous. They're yeah, they're yeah. incredible together. Yeah, yeah. And and what I like about it, what I like about watching them is that it's not that classic, which is funny, kind of when you consider that the coach is a little on the old school side of things, but it's not that classic. Like, well, we've got one guy that moves a puck. 
we need a big, uh, mm-hmm. a big cruise liner to just stand in front of the net and do nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's, it was just like it was like, hey, can we, uh, can we, can we just completely dominate the play the whole time? Yeah, that we're on the ice. You don't really have to play defense when you're when you're when you have the puck on your stick. Bingo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, and that's that's always been like back even before last year when he was fabulous, but when Eric Carlson was was in his prime. Mm-hmm. You know, I the guys there were guys at the hockey news that used to dump on him all the time for his defensive. We play. want and was, names, and I'm I was like, kidding. and I was like, what, like what defensive play? He doesn't play defense. He doesn't have to play defense. If you if you go go down, retrieve the puck, and get it out of your zone, that's not considered a defensive play, but it's great defense, right? <laughs> you know, and 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 that's the thing, right? Is that like defense takes place all over the ice. Right. It takes place in the offensive everywhere. zone. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. And and that does drive me crazy that it's like, if you can't defend that small area in front of the net, and granted, it's an important area, yeah. but you can do everything else. You can stop cycles along the boards. You can prevent zone entries. You make good, clean zone exits where 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 chances are one and done mm-hmm. against you. Yep. You, yep. Squeeze off to, you squeeze off forwards so that they can't get a good shot and have to go for a sharp angle shot. You're... If you do all of that stuff, but you, you're not cross-checking somebody in the small of the back in front of the net, now you're bad at defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It drives yeah. me. It drives me absolutely up the up the wall. And, right. and so that's the thing. And, and so you've got Quinn Hughes and Philip Hronick, uh, neither of which are giant, neither of which fit that that mold, right? And uh, and hey, you want to know? You know, you, you want to know how to how to how to win with that? Just have some good goaltending, right? Right, have Thatcher Demko back there. Yeah. Have Thatcher, and yeah. not just Thatcher Demko. Um, what's his name? <laughs> Casey DeSmith. Casey DeSmith is playing well. Yeah, yep. And I and I said from before I said that I liked his playing because, uh, anyways, I won't get into Casey DeSmith. But uh, my point is, is that um, is yeah, just just have have some good goaltending. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you if you know that you've got the goaltending where you can play in that style, then do it. Mm-hmm. Not every team has that option, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But anyways, whatever. Right. I, I love it. It's fun to watch. I, I if you told me in uh, if you if you told me in August that I'd be wanting to tune into Vancouver games, I would have laughed in your face. They're becoming a they're becoming a must watch. Yeah. They are. They really are. Yeah. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah, and Jack. I mean, depending on how long he's out, um, I think he's still leading the scoring race. I'm not sure. He is still leading tons the of primary race. assists, but like, like he's he's not just getting points, and he's not just picking up meaningless points. I mean, they're big points. They're secondary. Their primary assists or goals for the most part. Yeah, driving play. Yeah, you know, and Luke Hughes. I mean, he's been very good. I mean, I would argue that he's not the best rookie in the NHL because he's not even the best rookie defenseman in the NHL at the moment. Right. I think Pavel Mintyakov in, in Anaheim has been yeah, he's been very fabulous. Good. Yeah. But he's there. He's there. Luke Hughes is there. I, I don't think he's going to win the Calder this year. He hasn't given away the Calder. Like he could he could continue to step forward. Yeah. I mean, the, uh... I mean, the only guy that's going to give it away is Connor Bedard. Yeah. Like yeah, he he will have to give it away. Yeah. You know, I don't see Bobby Brink, you know, yeah. beating him out. Yeah. But you never know. I mean, if he hurt, gets hurt or if he hits a really, really dry spell at some point. Fantilli's had some really good flashes, though. He's day. had some excellent. He's yeah. been excellent. Yeah. 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 Been excellent on a really, really bad team. Yep. Yeah. 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 
Um, all right. Yeah, I, uh, I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, Luke Hughes is there. He's not put himself out of the race yet. Yeah. And so if he finishes strong, gets a little recency bias. I don't know. It's like things break his way. He yeah, could do yeah. it. But, he could. He could. But, it's, uh, but I agree in the sense that it's, he's not exactly uh, my pick right. at this point. But, you know, like, also, like, but if you're New Jersey, who cares? Who oh, cares? You, d- you don't. And I think that's where the bias comes in is that, is that he's playing for such a good team that he's not going to be able to have the effect on that team that, say, a Pavel Mitnikoff has on his team or even a Connor Bedard has on the Chicago Blackhawks, right? Right. You know? Or even, like, like you know, the, the big effect that I remember was, like, Cole Perfetti, his first year in the league. Yep. Was, like, it, insane how well the team did with him in the lineup and then when he got injured, how badly the team did with him out right, of it. Right, right. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. Let's let's move on from the Hughes brothers. I think we've 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 said enough about them, and I mean it's all good things, really. I think we also said we were going to talk about the. I, I think we got to talk about the Edmonton Oilers. Oh yeah, we do have to talk about the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. I knew I was forgetting one. Yeah, and I apologize. Yeah, yeah. All right, talk to me about the Edmonton. Well, Oilers. it's just like when you have to score five goals to win. Yeah, not a recipe for success. No. Even with, I, I know it's early. Early in the season, like there's a lot of big, like there's been a lot of high scoring games, in, but that happens a lot in the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, always. In the first month of the season, always. I mean, we've had ten one, ten two. Colorado got blasted by Vegas seven nothing the other night. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm, I'm willing to chalk that up to the beginning to the start of the season, but you know, I mean, people are talking about, um. You know, oh, fire Jay Woodcroft. Okay, well, this core group has had four head coaches. Todd yep. McClellan. Yeah. Ken Hitchcock. Yeah. Um, uh, right before Jay Woodcroft. Yeah, before was, Jay um, Woodcroft. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> Dave Tippett. Dave, Dave Tippett, Tippett. That's right, yeah. And, and now Jay Woodcroft. When does it stop being the coach? When does it stop being the coach? And yeah. when does it start being you got to get a save and you got to defend better? Yeah. Like they just, they're, they're, I, I mean, their defending is like, I, I don't know. I mean, shouldn't you have matured more by now as this group? Shouldn't this group be more mature? Shouldn't this group be able to handle setbacks a little easier and not like just here we go again? You know, shouldn't the goalies be able to stop something? Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. Um, I completely agree with you. I, I think that unfortunately, uh, much of this, and I'm not necessarily Ken Hall, saying Ken Holland specifically, but rather, um, you know, the last two GMs, right? Yeah. Because uh, again, to your point, they've had four coaches. They've had three GMs in the Connor McDavid era. Picciarelli, Holland, and... No, it's just two. Yeah. It's just two. Sorry. Might be. Uh, I think I was thinking about an interim. There was an interim after Pete Shirelli. Okay. And so we won't count that. But uh, they've, they've had two GMs, so I'm not throwing this necessarily all at Ken Holland's feet, but, um, you know, y- you threw the bank at, at uh, Campbell. Yep. yep. And I'm not say like, well, you know what I've always said about Campbell. 
Mm-hmm. He's a good league average goalie that will not bail you out. And he is no better or worse than an Aiden Hill or a Samuel Montembeau or a, or a, you know, depending on what year it is, de- but, <laughs> depending on what year it is. But I'm just saying, take your pick of, of goalies that, that will play well behind a decently playing team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's only two or three goalies in this league that can take a bad defensive team and turn it into a good defensive team right. on a nightly basis. Right. Right. And he's not one of them. Yeah. And guessing that he was, was a mistake. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's, yeah, it, well, absolutely. It was a, it was a monumental error, actually. I, I would agree uh, with his assessment that at the time in that offseason, he was the best goalie available at free agency. But you know what I mean? If you, if, <laughs> if you go to the supermarket and you want to buy a watermelon and yeah, you every watermelon's rotten, you don't just yeah, say, yeah. well, this is the least rotten watermelon. Yeah, so I'll pay eight bucks for it. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't know. It's a terrible analogy, right? But, no, it's not. Um, no, it's not. Well, I just called, what's his name? Uh, I just called Jack Campbell a rotten watermelon. I don't know. It's not ideal. Here, here's the I th- thing. I think he's been called worse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank God that guy just got no, me but, a rotten but I mean, watermelon. But I mean, like, you just watch them play, and they play so soft. Like, I know it's Ryan O'Reilly, and I know he's really tough in front of the net, and he gets a lot of those kinds of goals. But, like, I mean, Darnell Nurse just got completely outmuscled by him on the second Nashville goal on Saturday. Like, just yeah. completely and utterly outmuscled. Like, that just, that can't happen. That can't happen. So you know that I was, I was, uh, I don't want to say I didn't believe in Jay Woodcroft, but I was kind of, you know, questioning us whether Jay Woodcroft was necessarily the right guy for the, for the team. So who's the right guy? No, no, no. Hang on. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm recanting. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm saying that I was wrong. Yeah. So right now the Edmonton Oilers have the third, fourth best in, in terms of lowest high danger Corsi against per 60 and one of the best Corsi fours in the league. Okay. So what that suggests to me is that the system, the way that they play, is set up for them to succeed. Mm-hmm. They are limiting high danger shot attempts against and creating a lot more shots than, than they're having shot at them. Yeah. So the system is there to succeed. So what are the players doing? And to your point, you know, a, a, a high danger shot attempt is not created equal because some are contested and some are not. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And if you're not going to contest um, Ryan O'Reilly in front of the net, or you're not going to you're you're you're, you're going to be less than a minor annoyance to him, then what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, right. So I mean, it happens. I mean, it happened last night. I mean, Mason McTavish scored the game winner against against um, Vegas, and like Shea Theodore was right there, one of the best defensemen in the league. He is one you of know? the best defensemen. And the and and. McTavish out basically outmuscled him, got position, and then scored the goal and got a cross check in the back. Right, <laughs> you know. So yeah. as is customary to get yes. a cross check in the back. Yes, because you know you should have to pay for scoring a goal. You should. You should. You really should. Yeah. Just like if you don't you, want to like, pay the price. Right. Exactly. Just like when you come into the league and you're better than everyone else, and you've worked harder to be better than everyone else. Yeah. And you've sacrificed more to be better than everyone else. You should have to pay a price. You really I totally should. Agree. You have to pay a price, like yeah. for being that good. Yeah. If you want to go out and be that good, then you have to pay a price, my friend. Can I tell you what I heard in an arena? I was, go- I was going to coach 
And it, there's two rinks in the arena, two pads. Right. And so I was going to the one pad where the team that I was coaching was running a practice and, mm-hmm. I, and I was passing by a game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was U16, or U15 single A. Okay. So it's not, it's rep and it's good hockey, but it's not, you know, and it's not hitting. Yeah. Anyways, so somebody got a penalty for hitting and one of the dads screamed, what is this, dance class? It's a non-hitting league. What are you, an idiot? Like, <laughs> anyways, sorry. You just made me think about that because like the, the the mentality is so prevalent. Yeah. If it's a non-hitting league, it's a non-hitting league. Right, right. If it's a hitting league, it's a hitting league. Yep. And now more germane to the point that, that you're trying to make here, if there are rules surrounded said yep. hitting, yep. adhere to the rules right, exactly. surrounding yep. said hitting. Oh, and that can bring us right into our next topic. Yes. Wow. The segues are on fire today. Yep. Brad Marchand. I, our segues are so good. I feel like I wheeled up here on a segue. Okay. No, not your best. No. My segues no. are so, our segues are so good. I feel like I fell off a cliff and died like the inventor of the segue while he was on a Segway. Well, that's dark. That's dark. I, I, I wouldn't have gone there. I don't think. I, I got a bit of a dark sense of I don't of think humor. I would have gone there. I really don't. Wow. Do you want an aside of a of a dark joke that I made and immediately uh, regret it? No, not really. But that's fair. Uh, are you gonna, no, we'll move yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just pout. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Brad Marchand, can openers Timothy Lilligren? Mm, did he? And that's the hot take. I told Ken, <laughs> the man known for making hot takes, and I told him this might be his hottest take of the year already I, i'm not i'm not saying he didn't i'm just saying i don't think it's cut and dried and i think it was a like okay first things first west mccauley missed it like because he misses everything and but he doesn't west call McCauley's anything the best yeah he in the is. league yeah, because he, he says two five for fighting five for getting into it and fighting yeah yeah and i'm west mccauley you can't do that i can do that because i'm west mccauley no, yeah exactly right. anyways he totally blew it like he missed it completely yeah but I, I as he's wont to do as he as he always almost always does um but i don't know i mean i i don't think it's as cut and dried as yeah this is brad marchand he's a dick and he always does this stuff and so we have to make him guilty because of that. Lilligren skates into his path. He's going to, for the puck in the corner. Lilligren skates into his pass, path. And yeah, he gets the stick in there. I, I don't, like I'm, I know it's, I know it's not, it's counterintuitive to give Brad Marchand the benefit of the doubt, <laughs> but I'm, I'm almost inclined to do it here. Don't don't say almost. Just make a commitment here, Kenny. See, because but but with Brad Marshall, when he does that stuff, he does it on purpose. Like he does it on purpose, right? And this didn't. You're kind look of arguing though, against yourself now. No, but this didn't look like he was. I, I, it was an excuse me accident. Sorry, not sorry. You know, it looked like an accident. Like yeah. it looked like. You know what I mean? So like he's when finally Brad, learned how to make it look Brad, like an accident. When Brad Marchand does it, it's with intent, and you have no, there's no gray area, right? Like right. he does it, and he's a dick about it, and he pays for it, and that's the way it should be. In this case, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I, it's, it's. I will acknowledge it. That is a really, really, really tough call. That's a tough call. So here's, here's. Here's the two things about it. I don't think it's suspendable. 
It's can, it's a yep. can opener, which is essentially tripping, and I don't I don't believe that that's suspendable. The only thing that I would say is that if you wanted to get stickler about it towards the end of the the hit, whether the stick was intentional or not, Marchand did have his hand on the back of Lilligren's sweater. Okay, on Lilligren's back, and so you could say that it was an egregious boarding or you could say he was trying to hold up sure yeah whatever my but but i'm i'm kind of i'm i'm kind of arguing against myself but i'm just saying in in and of itself i don't think that it's suspendable right and i think that that's the big thing it's it is a penalty it's 100 percent a penalty a a ref standing that close to a blatant trip you're responsible for your stick regardless of intent Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. a, a trip is not a penalty maybe we we what uh, sorry, a trip is not a suspension. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, a trip is not a suspension. Never has been, and probably never should be. But uh, you know, with the game as fast as it, as it is, you know, we we got to think about dangerous plays. Mm-hmm. We got to think about what constitutes a dangerous play, and how do we? And, and and yeah, if that was a dangerous, reckless play, then then yeah, you have to rethink that, as particularly given. The end result, and I go back to Timothy Lilligren. Timothy Lilligren is out for a significant amount of time. And I always go back to uh, Paul Byron's hit on Mackenzie Weger. Right? If there's like one guy in the league that's just like you know he, he played like 35 years without like with getting like four minor penalties mm-hmm. and no majors, like the guy is like you know uh, is is not known for this, and and he hit Mackenzie Weger and concussed him, mm-hmm. right? And I, I would argue that if there's one guy that, that you could say you could never argue intent to injure, it's him. But he concussed somebody on a high hit. Yeah. And small players leave their feet a lot. Mm-hmm. They do, mm-hmm. especially hitting big players. Yep. Right? And he left his feet. I do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's why I was concussed. Yeah. And he, yeah. Left, and he left his feet and he, and he injured Mackenzie Weger. And it's a dangerous play, and mm-hmm. he should have been suspended for it, mm-hmm. regardless of intent. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. You, you know, maybe we need to relook at how things are handled around the boards. Oh, jeez, maybe you think? <laughs> okay, Jesus, maybe we should also relook at when a guy's laying on the ice and gets cross-checked in the neck. Maybe giving him more than one game. Uh, maybe I, I'm just saying. Look, Ken, don't act like that is something akin to gambling here. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so maybe think anyways, of a dirty but, joke, but, but, but I'll but refrain. Also, but also, also, it, it was interesting because it, it obviously brought up a huge aftermath of issues with the Toronto Maple Leafs as well. Sorry, can I just finish one thing with yep. with Marshan? Yep. Um, I think that it, I, I think that the, the judging the intent is is I have no problem with it given who it is, but I think that the calls for suspension are specific to Brad Marchand, and that shouldn't be, because as much as he drives me crazy on the ice sometimes, uh, uh, a, a trip is not a suspension. Period. Right, right. Period. Right. Doesn't matter who does it. Right. Sorry, go okay. on. Okay. So, yeah, so it, it, it actually brought up a, uh, you know, a real kind of um, discourse, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, because it's, it's Toronto is an irrelevant team. 
even though they're playing in the middle, in the center of the universe. Um, but it, it really did bring up a discourse about the toughness of this team and whether or not, you know, these all these meatheads that they went out and got in the offseason were, um, you know, worth their effort, which, you know, definitely Ryan Reeves was not. Um, and, you know, how they had to have a big team meeting and how Sheldon Keefe, who's the coach of the team, said he didn't like his team's response said he hated everything about his team's response. Yeah, well, isn't it your isn't it your job to to make them to urge them to respond the way you want them to respond? I mean, it's very <laughs> very much your team at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's very very much your team at this point. You've been the head coach for 4 years? Yep. I believe. Um, it's your team at this point. That's, that is your culture. Uh, a lot of coaches and it's more a scathing indictment on it, how we treat coaches in the NHL, but a lot of coaches have come and gone Yeah, yeah. during yeah. your ten- tenure. I, I mean, and, and, and the thing is like it happened in the first minute of the game. Yeah. He had all the first period, the first intermission, the second intermission. Yeah. And all of the third period and the second period to get that message through. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, if you hated your team's response, yeah. then either you didn't tell them how you didn't you you didn't tell them how to respond, or they're not listening to you, right? You know, one of but two to, things. But to me, like the bigger issue here is like, oh, why you know why wouldn't somebody just go out and beat the shit out of Brad Marchand? That is so easier said than done. Like guys like Brad Marchand. Dino Cicerelli, all these other guys. How many times have you seen someone get a hold of them? You know, I mean, it happened with Claude Lemieux and the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. You know, but but how often do you see somebody get a hold of those guys and line them up for some big crunching hit or get them in a corner or or fight them or whatever? Those guys never, ever leave themselves in a, in a vulnerable, vulnerable position. Yeah. Brad... Marchand would never leave himself out on the ice vulnerable enough for someone to get their pound of flesh on him. Yeah. And without, you know, creating, you know, a major penalty that you have to kill. Yeah. It's not as easy as you think. Right. Getting back at these guys, you know, okay. So what's your response? You play hard, you finish your checks, you know? Yeah. You, you, you score goals, you know, like, like it's like seriously response. Like, come on. Yeah. And, 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 you know, of course, the guy that they went out to get to do this, you know, is like, yeah, that's not going to happen again. So cue the, with, I, I would say, I, I'm surprised it didn't happen Saturday night against Buffalo, but cue the Ryan Reeves going out and doing something stupid. Yeah. Like he'll go out and do something stupid real soon. Yeah. Just to, just to, just to justify his existence. You know? I'm kind of coming around on the, on, um, uh, somebody somebody mentioned it before to me, and I can't remember who, but um, talking about like, and this is a guy that is pro fighting in the league, like a big pro fighting guy, and was like, why did we get Ryan Reeves, who is maybe as good a fighter as Wayne Simmons, but Wayne Simmons doesn't make it about himself. Right, right. And and as bad as Wayne Simmons was, he's, he's a better player. Exactly. Like, like Ryan Reeves is, and it's not Ryan Reeves' fault. He's 36 years old. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. But he, he's the worst player in the NHL. He's the worst player in the NHL. And the thing is, and to his credit, like he, was, getting, he was good even two years ago. I, he was okay. 
They were they're getting okay. caved in when he's on the ice, like caved in. Yeah, and uh, stupid. Okay, so I said before, I said when they signed this contract, signed him to this contract, years two and three, he'd be spending them with the Toronto Marlies, and I'm I'm absolutely convinced that that's still going to be the case. Might even be one. Might two even and might three. even be part of year one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, I mean. I think that the bottom line is that you're that you're trying to make here. If I if I may underline it a little bit for you, is mm-hmm. that uh, having an enforcer on your team does not necessarily deter anything. Yeah, because yeah. that happened and nothing was deterred. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I agree. You know, and I was going to make a joke that Ryan Reeves should have grabbed somebody from Boston and fought him, yeah. but I, yeah, I don't yeah. think that Boston has that yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah. And you know. Yeah. Uh, and haven't for a long time. Mm-hmm. Sean mm-hmm. Thornton, maybe. Yeah. It's a well, have a, have a guy that can play. Have a guy like that who can play. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. been the way for a yeah. while. I mean, I, I think that like kind of the Donald Bashir era is kind of the last of the true blue enforcers, right? That right. really couldn't quite skate, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Uh, on the backs of two young players in Jordan Cairo. And I always want to say Dylan Thomas because of the poet. Right. Who was part of my namesake. But, um, and now I'm blanking on his first name. Robert. Robert Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the backs of Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas. Uh, Why two- didn't your parents call you Thomas Wah then? If Dylan Thomas was your. Yeah, but also Bob Dylan. Oh, okay. Was the other part of it. Oh, was it? Okay. Well, and Bob Dylan named Why didn't they that. call you Bob? Wah, then. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Because they're, they're, they're massive morons. Okay. That totally pass up on the opportunity to name their son Bob. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why are we having this conversation? I don't know. And you I don't, don't like Maya sides? Yeah. Holy smokes, that Kenny. That was bad. Anyways. That was not great. Anyway, so, yeah. Yeah. On the back of two so young players. I'm not so warm on this topic anyways, so go ahead. Anyways, so on the on the backs of two young players at forward, they've put together a plus five hundred start to the season. Mm-hmm. Have looked pretty decent from you know I watched one game and then some highlights for other games because it kind of got me interested into are they any good? And so the question now that I have for you is: Ottawa is doing terribly. Obviously, they're last in their in their division. But um, we've been talking about Ottawa and Buffalo and Detroit as teams that are um up and coming yeah right should we and 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 st louis did quite badly last year should should we have been maybe including included st louis in that mix of of teams that are their next generation is ready to take over and they're they're ready to pop absolutely not absolutely not expand um well uh because i would counter all of that by telling you that Justin Falk is 31. He's under contract for another three years after this year. Tori Krug is 32. He's under contract for another three years after this year. Colton Preko is 30. He's under contract for another bazillion years after this year. And Nick Letty is 32 and is under contract for another two years after this year. Their other defensemen are Marco Scandella, Robert Bortuzzo, Tyler Tucker, who's pretty good, and Scott Paranovich. They got nothing. They got nothing on the back end. Their back end is... is is terrible. They don't have a ton of prospects. Like they've got Dalibor, uh, Dalibor Dvorsky, 
who recently joined the Sudbury Wolves um, from the Czech Republic. You know, they've got a couple of decent young guys. Um, but no, I, I, no, I think, I don't think they're going in a great direction at all. Interesting. I, they're, they're better this year than I thought they'd be. I thought they'd actually be worse this year. I thought they would be a non, like definitely a non-playoff team. And it looks like they'll muck around and, you know, maybe c- compete for a wild card spot. I thought that they were going to be terrible this year. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of why, that's kind of why I brought it up as a subject. But idea. Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, I mean, they're 25 and 24. This is like, this is what they should be doing. Right. Yeah, fair enough. It's just what they should be doing. This is, this is now, like it used to be. The prime of a guy's career used to be twenty seven. Right. A prime of a guy's career now is twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. That's usually the best you're going to see of those guys. Yeah. Right. So I, I think those guys. I mean, those guys are great. In fact, I mean, Jordan Cairo was borderline on my Canadian Olympic team. Right. Um, if they had gone in twenty twenty two. Yeah. Um, he definitely, like he was, he was a borderline Olympic guy and he's, he's a terrific player. And Robert Thomas, I think is, is the same Braden Shen, the body's willing, but the, the spirit or sorry, the spirit's willing, but the body's body's starting to wear down. And that's another guy. He's 32. He's under contract for another four or five years, you know? So I, I think, I actually think St. Louis is going the other way, even though they've got two really, really good young players. You need more than that, and they don't have more than that, in my opinion. So I, I, I agree with you. So, I mean, after I brought it up as an idea, as a topic idea, I did a little bit of looking into the numbers. Yep. They have the worst Corsi 4 percentage in the league, worse than the San Jose Sharks. Wow. Corsi which? For or against? Corsi 4 percentage. Wow. That's like, yeah. That's, They're controlling under 42% of the shot attempts. That's bad, eh? That's bad. That's unbelievably bad. You, yeah. Yep. To, to think that you're gonna you're envying the San Jose Sharks, yep, on a on any metric whatsoever, and then uh, and then third worst for expected goals for percentage uh, behind Chicago and San Jose. Right. But my my point is is that like, um, you know, there's ways when when teams are middle of the pack with this, right? When teams are middle of the pack with this, uh, there's there's ways to win, right? Right, New York Islanders have always been kind of like low, low third, yeah, low yeah. middle of the pack yeah, yeah. in terms of these stats. Yeah. But the way that they play would dictate that they would do that, and they it was by design, and they won a lot of games. Uh, this is this is bad, and and you know it just. I think to your point, like like I said, you know, I I turned around, I got I kind of got interested in them and excited about them, and started watching some highlights and stuff like that. And I think to your point, it's not necessarily those guys, but it's just that once you get past that, there's just nothing else. Yeah. There's just nothing else. Now, if you want to talk about an up and coming team and like, let's stop, let's, let's wait till the Ottawa Senators get out of last place and do something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how about we do that? Yeah. I how about know. we do that? Like, it's like that meme of Bart poking yeah. like something with a stick is do something, you know? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. And, and if you want to talk about a team, the Anaheim Ducks are the team to talk about. Yeah. I mean, this team is, this team is going to be loaded. And, and really, like, they went out and got uh, Alex Kalorn in the offseason. Great ad. Yeah, they got, I think they got, I think Frank Vitrano was an offseason pickup. I'm I believe assuming. So. And uh, Radko Gudas, who's My been, boy. who's been great. I've always been a believer. Been but the thing is, is like, you want to? You want to? Do you want a a a murderer's row of young players? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's start with Mason McTavish and then we'll go to Pavel Mintyakov and then we'll go to Leo Carlson. Yeah. And then we'll go to, you know, whoever the next, uh, then we'll go to uh, Lucas Dostal. Then we'll go, to, you know, I mean, this is a team Their that veteran is, at the front end is Trevor Zegris. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This, this, this team is loaded. And uh, I mean, they, I, I, you know, they, I, you know, I've said before on the podcast, they're a tough out. I mean, they're, they're getting beyond being a tough out. Yeah. They're, they're kind of not an out anymore. You know what I mean? Like they just beat Vegas. They were down two nothing going into the third period against Vegas last night and they won. And like Mason McTavish is a beast. Well, you know He's how Vegas is notorious for giving up leads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they've beaten Boston. Oh yeah. Forgot about Olin Zellweger. Forgot about Jacob Perot. Yeah. Forgot about those guys who were playing in the minors for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, to me, like, this is a team that, you know, they've got a bunch of comeback wins already this year. Um, you know, they're they're exciting to watch. They're never out of a game. Like, I think if you want to identify a team that is definitely trending upwards, it's it's this one. The thing that I find most impressive about this team, and we've we've harped a lot on coaching, Mm-hmm. Between Keefe and Woodcroft and Talkit, we've kind of given them all their, yeah, you know, their goods and bads. But uh, the thing that I find most impressive about this team is that, you know, last year, you remember the narrative last year? Oh, those guys are out and they're hot dogging in there, whatever. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember the narrative about yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. They're playing. I don't want to go as far as to say as a gritty style of hockey, but it is not a. It's not pond hockey either. No, no, are, it's it's pretty disciplined and it's and it's and it, it yeah, I mean they, you know, I mean they oh, they also got Ilya Labushkin who's been really oh, yeah, good for them right. too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they've got a good mix there. They've got a really good mix there and they've got I think this is, you know, we could be ending up saying this is the surprise team of the of the NHL this year. Um I don't know that it's a huge surprise. I mean, we I think we've been waiting a couple of years for Anaheim to take that step. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it it has seemed to this year kind of all click all at once. Yeah. And yeah. uh and and like I was saying, like it's when you have that much talent, the the um the temptation to just, you know, play in that style of hockey mm-hmm. is overwhelming. Yeah. And they've managed to keep all of what's good about their games and add an extra element. And I think yeah. that I think that adding, you know, the leadership of a Radko Gudas in there helps with that. Yep. Right. Uh, and the bone, the bone crushingness of Radko Gudas. I just, I just like, I don't know how he's not like more people's favorite defenseman because it's like he always puts up good advanced stats and passes every old school eye test. Yeah. Yeah, it's like so. What don't you like about him? I mean, he got he broke up a play last night on Jack Eichel, got a stick on him. Yeah, it, you know, against Jack Eichel. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, no, and he like he's smart. Like he doesn't yeah. like he's not fleet of foot. Forgot he's, about Jackson Lacombe too. Jackson Lacombe, who knew? Yeah, he's on their first pairing. <laughs> he's on their first pairing defense pairing with Cam Fowler. Are you sure Are that's you not a made me? up name? Are you kidding me? <laughs> the kid's twenty two. Yeah, yeah. Playing last year for the University of Minnesota. Yeah, and Cam Fowler's taking a huge step this year. What do you mean a huge step? Well, he's always been good. He's always been good, and he's he's 
Okay, but there's a difference between good and 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 good in an integrated team way. Okay, well. I don't know how to like. I don't know how better to word it than that. But like, it just it seems like. I don't know. I've always felt like Cam Fowler's kind of been a little unappreciated. I would agree with you. Yeah, I would. I would yeah. totally I've, agree I've with you. I've always liked him. I've always liked him. But I think that when you're when you're in a team sport, and especially a team sport like hockey, a big a big component of that is trust mm-hmm. and your ability to trust the players around you to not have to try to do it all yourself. And there's really only a few guys in the league that can actually do it all themselves. And I think that Cam Fowler has found that extra element in his game this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you just I don't know. I'd I'd be I'd be shocked if he wasn't putting up a lot more secondary assists than this year or scoring secondary assists at a higher rate than he has been in the past. Okay. okay. Just because that's how I see him as playing this year. Okay. And I think it's I think it's good. It's mm-hmm. a new element is all I'm saying. Right. You know? Well I, I don't know that he's yeah, I mean he's got he's got six assists. So he's 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 doing well. I mean he's he's putting up points. He's got seven points in eleven games. So yeah. I mean to your point um, I don't know how many of those are on the power play and whatever, but yeah. Anyways, either way, all I'm saying is that I feel like Cam Fowler's put up, uh, uh, has reached a new level in his game. And that's not to say that he ever was at a bad level. Mm-hmm. That's all. Okay. That's all. He's putting up 1.34 secondary assists a year. Actually, Vitrano was last year. Vitrano came in last year. Cam Fowler's putting up 1.34 secondary assists per 60 and 0.67 primary. Sorry. 0.67 primary and 0.67 secondary per okay. 60. Okay. So he's putting up the exact same amount of primary Two and secondary. Two-thirds of an assist. Every 60 minutes. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's not okay. bad. Yep. Two th- well, it's actually uh, uh, six, uh, four-thirds of an assist because right. that's primary and secondary. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So he's getting one and one-third assists for every 60 minutes he plays. That's yes. what you're saying. That's what. That's exactly what I'm saying. Wow, I'm glad we got that figured out. Anyways. Isn't that important stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, should we move on to our last segment? And unfortunately, yep. it's a tough one. And there should be a uh, trigger warning with it. Um, and uh, that is uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I think it's worth mentioning that, the, uh, according to the reporting of the Chicago Tribune, a yeah. second black ace from the 2010 uh, Chicago Blackhawks are uh, has has alleged and filed a lawsuit saying that um, that video coach Brad Aldrich sexually assaulted him, and um, so to me, what this says is that a certain <laughs> a certain former referee came out on Twitter yesterday and said this guy should be coaching the Edmonton Oilers and it was a picture of Joel Quenville and I'm I'm going to say that's bad timing that's really bad timing yeah um but but what it says to me is that um this should dispel all of the all of the silly sort of traditional notions that people had about this. I mean, what were people saying about, about what about Kyle beach? You know, Brad Aldrich was a video coach. who was not an athlete. He was five foot, whatever. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. this guy, this was a great big hockey playing guy who was athletic. How could he have not stopped it? And we all know that a power dynamic doesn't work that way, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't work that way. When you have, 
that kind of power over an individual. It doesn't matter how big or strong or small you are. Yeah. It just matters that you have power over that person's future and that you have that you can that you can manipulate them in a way that is unspeakable, right? And so to me, I think it really lends credence to the whole Kyle Beach thing. I mean, it was there was always credence to it, but now I don't think people can sit there and say, "Oh, how could a guy like that let a little guy like Brad Ulrich, you know, sexually assault him without beating him up?" Well, this is why. Mm-hmm. This is why, and somebody else has come out and said it, and so now, I mean, boy, like if it's you know if these allegations are true, and I mean, we have to assume that there's something to them. You know, it's not just one. Now it's multiple. Now it's multiple that they knew mm-hmm. and buried it. Yeah. And then now you're looking at, boy, do do the people involved in this ever get a chance to be involved in the game again? I mean, I... I, I mean, one is yeah. horrible. One is horrible. But now you're like, wow, there was another one. Like, I just... I just say no. And... It, like for me personally, and I'm I'm just I'm throwing out a, a secondary trigger warning, which is that uh, uh, just to say turn it off if you if you don't you know. But you probably but, already have. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But so. I'm about to say something yeah. a little bit heavier. Yeah. Okay. Which is which is like from the most human level. Yep. If you're in a boardroom, because every one of those absolute spineless worms. Yeah. Just said, well, we thought that guy was going to handle it. We thought that guy from a hand- yeah. was going to handle it. From a yeah. human level, if you, Ken Campbell, hear about a rape, a rape, how do you feel about that? I, I'm like, somebody's going to the police with this. And if it's me, that's fine. But somebody's, if, if there's somebody above me who wants to take this to the police and file a rep- police report that there's been a criminal activity that's taken place, go ahead and do it. But if you're not doing it, I am. So I, right. But I think that's the, that's the more, that that's the more tangible side of what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying in terms of how do you feel from a human level, you find out that somebody within your organization, within your purview, within your power, within your fiefdom has committed a rape Mm-hmm. It just doesn't get. It doesn't get much worse. Much than that. more heinous than that. Yep. And yep. and that's yep. what that's what I just kind of keep on coming to is that I'm like, is that you know we keep on getting into these nitty gritties of like well you know Joel Quinville thought that uh, Rocky Wirtz was going to report it and Rocky thought that so and so was going to report it and 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 everybody's all like you know and for me personally I would just I would be reporting it right and and it's like. What's the worst case scenario? The, the police get two reports? No, yeah, yeah. It's, That's it's the worst like, case yeah, scenario? It's like, it's, it's like I can't believe nobody stood up and said, hey, we have to go to the police. I can't believe nobody stood up and uh, said, hey, you know that we're talking about rape here. And this yeah, is why yeah. I gave a secondary trigger, trigger warning because I don't want right. to use, right. I don't want to I, I soften the blow. Right. We're literally, we're talking about somebody was raped. And, mm-hmm. and I, I'll, I'll never forget, um, I was listening to... Uh, when Chris Nyland had a radio show on TSN 690, he was listening to his show and Greg Gahuli came on okay, uh, to talk about his experience. Yeah. And it was on Mental Health Day and uh, or Bell Let's Talk Day or whatever it was, right? Um, yeah. Uh, anyways, 
Um, and and he spoke exactly about that power dynamic, mm-hmm. about the fact that he was a bigger, stronger man. I know Greg. I know Greg. He's like six foot four. I know he was on our podcast. Yeah, I, I mean, I've met Greg. I've talked to Greg. He's, yeah. he's a he's a very very large man. Yeah, who probably could have punched Graham James into a pulp. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. just not. It's yeah, not. That's how not. It that's works. not the way a power dynamic works. No, it's not. No. And so yeah. So yeah. anyways, anyways, but you know the the fact that there's been a second one that's that's come up, um, you know, I think really does lend credence to. The first one, if it if it needed any more credence, and it's it's just super disturbing that, you know, this organization, you know, one is one is egregious, two is inexcusable, inexcusable, yeah, <laughs> inexcusable, yeah, 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 and at least, and to your point, at very least, um, uh, takes away from that. Relatively small, I think, segment of the population, but was that was it's dealing with the, the narrative. Stigma, the stigma, of, yeah. The, the stigma, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Should we get out of here? I think so. All right. Well, if you're listening to this, it's probably on kencampbell.substack.com <laughs> because I am having very little luck getting it uh, through our, through our, our um, hosting platform. But thanks for sticking around to the end, and we will talk to you 